Partly cloudy and 8 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Alberta now has 4,233 cases of COVID-19 with 216 new cases being reported. One more person has also died, bringing the total to 73. The latest death is a man in his 70s from the Calgary zone who was connected to the High River General Hospital Long-Term Care Centre. Over 127,000 tests have been completed in Alberta, and now nearly 1,500 people have recovered from the virus. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. Glenmore Trail, that eastbound lane remains closed until tonight. So your alternate route for this one is 67th Avenue. This only goes until 6 p.m. Other than that, traffic is light all around the city on Crowchild Trail and Deerfoot Trails. And just a reminder, we do have social distancing measures in place on Elbow Drive between 38th Avenue and 4th Street Southwest. This is down to one lane for northbound drivers, so expect delays later on. It pays to open a CABC Smart account, earn $300, and pay no monthly fee for up to 12 months when you open the new account. Conditions apply. From the 770 CHQR Traffic Helicopter, I'm Terry Eason. Tense moments in Canmore last night after RCMP were called in to reports of what appeared to be a man carrying a gun. Officers responded to the complaint near Highway 1 and the Canmore Hospital just after 6 p.m. The hospital was locked down for about 40 minutes as a canine unit was deployed. Adding fuel to the online fire, town councillor and business owner Rob Seeley had his front door smashed in around the same time as the lockdown. Seeley says the recent mass shootings in Nova Scotia may have had people on edge, but he's happy police weren't taking any chances. Yeah, very happy with that response. They, they were on it. I'm not sure how the rumors started, but uh, uh, and I'm not, I'm not sure what to make of this either. This is uh, very unusual. Despite reports on social media of an active shooter, police confirmed it was a false alarm and RCMP say the public was never in any danger. Boris Johnson is back after recovering from COVID-19, which put him in intensive care. The British Prime Minister is set to return to work amidst growing criticism of his government over the deaths and disruption COVID-19 has caused. Karen Chamas has more. Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab, who has been standing in for the Prime Minister, said that Johnson has made a full recovery two weeks after his release from hospital. As you can imagine, uh, with the Prime Minister, he's raring to go. Britain has recorded more than 20,000 deaths among people hospitalised with COVID-19, the fifth country in the world to reach that total. Thousands more are thought to have died in nursing homes. Opposition politicians say Britain's coronavirus death toll could have been lower if Johnson had imposed a nationwide lockdown sooner and also criticised his government over shortages of protective equipment for medical workers and a lack of testing for the virus. With hundreds of new deaths announced each day, some health experts say Britain could eventually have the highest virus death toll in Europe. Karen Chamas, London. Three people have been injured after a collision involving two motorcycles yesterday. EMS say it happened on westbound on Glenmore Trail under the Deerfoot Trail overpass at noon. Two people on a motorcycle collided with a solo rider on another. All three had serious, non-life-threatening injuries. Global News Sky Tracker weather. Sunny today with wind gusting to 50 but becoming light this afternoon for a high of 14. Partly cloudy tonight, a low of plus 4. Clearing in the morning tomorrow and a high of 17. It's 8 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell.
Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, nice to see everybody up and early. We're already getting a few texts. And Joanna Chudy is joining me back at the homestead. And uh, she's going to be on the text line, so answering all your questions. So, And you can reach Joanna or myself on phone or text 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Those are the talk and text lines, and uh, they're wide open. Text is great if you want to have any pictures that you want to send us. Um, and or, or just questions for Joanna, she'll be answering those. And if you want to call me, there you go. And I already got a few people on the line. Just want to touch on a few things. If you are growing some seeds and you're and you're doing your your gardening, we're still early. Like it feels really warm, but we got to remember to look up at the calendar. It's April twenty sixth. We still have three to four weeks before we can properly plant outside. There's a few things you can plant outside. I guess uh, pansies are are very um, frost tolerant. Petunias are somewhat. Snapdragons. Those are about the few that I would do. Maybe some flowering cabbage. There's a there's a couple other ones that I'd maybe put outside that can that can withstand the frost. But everything else, um, just put outside during the day. Let it get climatized. Or, or just just be patient, and uh, the garden centers will be open. I know a couple are already open um, with physical distancing. We are going to reopen our store uh, May first. We've been going online, and I just want to thank everybody. It's been overwhelming. It's been um, crazy, and we we got deliveries and curbsides, and and we're 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 really really trying to keep up, um, but we we can't bring too many people in the store to work either right we have to do the physical distancing we have to do all the stuff so please be patient and thank you so much for for all your support it's been uh, it's been phenomenal and we're we're very very grateful um for all the all the orders that we've received and we're trying to get them all out we got deliveries going 7 days a week and uh so just uh, again we re- really really appreciate it so thank you so much and uh and we'll be open May first, but we still, like I said, we're and we'll, most of the garden centers we we all get our product in um, from our growers. We're already starting to get annuals in and veggies and stuff like that. But trees and shrubs, typically, you want to you can't really start planting those until after mid May as well, because if we get one of those frosts and things like that, it's still a bit early. Like we are in Calgary and. Uh, it's going to be plus 15 or 16 today, but we all know what could happen in four or five days. The forecast does look quite nice. So, but we got to remember, like in, at my house on the north side of my house or east side, I still had a full, foot of snow like four days ago, and and it's basically all melted now and it's melting quick. But there's still lots of frost in the ground. It's all coming up, it's still cold. So just be patient. Um, do some growing. And if you if you've started your seeds and they're getting long and lanky at stretched out looking, get them away from the heat. Cool, start cooling them off. You can put them outside during the day, and they need to get transplanted. So that's probably one of the biggest things that I would look at doing for everybody who did some seeding. And uh, and you're looking at you probably almost guaranteed that you're ready to do some sort of transplanting of so, some sort. Move them up to the next size pot, and. Uh, if you have any questions on that or pictures, please send them with us. So right now I'm going to go to the phone line because it is full already, which is great to see. We're going to go to Diana. Hello. Hi, 
Hello, Merle. Good morning. Good. You were just complaining last week. You hadn't heard from me for a while. That, there you are. Sound, you're sounding wonderful. Oh, all the gardeners are champing at the bit, and you keep going. Okay, hold on. It is just April. It, it's it's hard though when it when it's so nice like that, and we're all just waiting inside to to get out and do something. So oh, exactly. Well, it's glad. To, yeah, I'm really glad to see the enthusiasm. What I have today is. <laughs> The bowls completely ringed my toba hawthorn. Oh. And I'm just sick, but if I cut it off, will it, like, become a shrub at the bottom, or...? How, where, where, did it do it, did it do it right at the bottom? No, no, about How? sort of six inches up, because completely under a snowdrift. Yeah, they, they use it... They haven't touched anybody else. Yeah, they use it like a parkade, right? Like, they sort of, oh, yeah. t- they crawl up around, and we've seen a fair bit of that. If it's not too bad, you might even want to get some lac balsam. Like if it, if it is right to it thing, doesn't seem to, it seems they seem to have gone all the way around. Yeah, there's a product called lac balsam, and I'm not sure if you can get it at your place or down okay. there. But I have it. It's out of Quebec. It's actually made in Sweden. Um, it's a it's the only one I ever recommend, like for pruning tar or anything. I, I never use that kind of stuff. This stuff is a bark replacement, so it still enables oh, it to breathe. Okay. So you just you paint it on those areas, those wounds, and right. it seals it up like the actual bark would. So it's a bark replacement for cases like that. You oh, might want to try that because I am so glad there's hope. I just I'm yeah. sick, absolutely sick. So give that a try and see what that does. Um, if it's stressed out, it'll start suckering out the bottom, anyways, because hawthorns will do that. Okay. Um, so then it'll it'll tell you whether you should cut it off or not. If it starts healing and growing up top, then you'll know it's it'll be okay. Okay. But, but if it just starts suckering like crazy out of the bottom, like the tree itself will tell you, hey, uh, I can't okay. go up top and can't uh, do this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you so much! So, I was absolutely appalled when I when the snowdrift went are, down. Are you are you going to be opening up, or are you open already? Or uh, no, no, I'm not open already. I have had lots of calls, and I'm like, okay, hold on, everybody, it's way too soon. Um, I'm definitely going to be open, and I've I've done some veggies in four inch pots as well for people. That, oh, nice. Um, you know, they seem to be building uh, raised beds in a hurry and. You know, I thought, well, this way they'd have something quicker to put in it. Yes. Um, so the greenhouses are stuffed full, mostly with sweet peas, of course. But yes. um, I've done some other stuff as well, just to see, you know, because um, it does seem to be people are buying seeds like crazy. Well, I, so. I'm sending seeds out to Nova Scotia. I had a call. They can't wow. get any out there. So we're sending seeds. Uh, we're going to courier some seeds out to some customers out in Nova Scotia. Um, oh, try amazing. and help them out. Yeah, it's we're, we're fairly fortunate. We we seen some of this ahead of time, and we've worked with our suppliers to have a, a pretty good selection and still a good supply of seed. Right, so, I'm so glad I ordered my seed around Christmas time because otherwise <laughs> I could have been a bit short. I think. Yeah. All right. Thank and, you so much. All right. Well, keep in touch and let me know how that Hawthorne does. Yes, I definitely will do that. All right. Yes, Take thank care. you, Merle. Stay safe, okay. Diana. Thank Bye, you. Bye, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Let's go to one more. We're going to go to Darlene. Good morning, Darlene. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? I have a south-facing corner lot, beautiful lawn. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Green it up. My question is, I'm using a Scott's fertilizer spreader with settings anywhere from 2 to 15. Yep. 
I have no idea what setting to put it on. So what I do is I typically figure out how big my lawn is, and our bag covers 3,000 yeah. square feet in the springtime. So if your lawn, so this, I just pace it out and get a rough estimate, sort of length times width. That'll give you your square footage. Right. And and then figure out the bag. So if the bag's going to do um, 3,000 square feet and your lawn works out to 1,500, use half the bag and put it into your spreader. And I set the dial down to like four or four or five. Okay. And then I just use up that amount on the square footage. So I'll go one way and then I'll go the other right. way. Yeah. And that way you get a good even coverage. If you put it too high, like if you move it right to number eight or something right away, you'll be running around there so fast and it'll, right. <laughs> you'll yeah. end, it'll end up coming out too quick. So this okay. way you can do the nice crisscrossing and then you don't get no burning or which you don't get with ours anyways, unless you no. just dump it right on the lawn. Um, so try to pace it out. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, just do length times width. So walk one way, figure, okay, every every larger step is three feet roughly. Okay. And yeah, you don't have to be precise. Like it's pretty right. close, right? So if you, if you do 30 or say 10 paces one way, 10 good paces, so that's 30 feet. And if you go 10 paces the other way, that'll give you 900 square feet. So then you'll use a third of a bag roughly. Right. And then put that into the spreader, and like I said, put the dial down lower, and then just go one way, and then go back right. the other way, and then you'll get a nice crisscross action. You'll get nice even coverage with your with your fertilizer spreader. Otherwise, it's really hard to say um, with the dial with any of them because it depends how fast you're walking, and right. they really shouldn't open up more than six or seven, anyways. Because if you're opening up at ten, like it's coming out so fast that you'd just be like, it's great for selling fertilizer. I'll sell you a lot more so you because you'll use it up so quick. And in the summer, I just use less, and in the fall, yeah, you go, again. you cut it by a third, and yep. then in the fall, you cut it by a third again, and and those are that's all you need to do three okay, times a year, you. and you're perfect. For the appreciate the delivery, I've got another bag on order, so awesome. that's great. One more quick question: yes. raspberries. My son wants to move old canes, and I'm wondering if it'd be better just to buy new canes and put them in the new spot they do move quite easily if, if you if they're doing well where they are and you would just want to add more but raspberries are one of the ones that are fairly easy to move um because they don't have big they just have a fibrous root zone like they don't have big deep roots okay so right now is a great time if the soil's um diggable mm-hmm. now's the time to get out and move them okay and will they bear then if he moves the- yeah, they, they should because if they were the canes um, so you're going to cut out the old wood anyway. So you'll have right. some that look brown and some that look gray. Right. Mm-hmm. Cut out all the gray ones because mm-hmm. those are the old wood. So you'll have the good brown ones, and those are the ones that should bear fruit this year. And there should be no reason why they won't. I would just, after you fertilize, or I mean after you plant them, transplant them, use some 10 10 or 15 15 and use that throughout the summer once a week up until about end of July. And uh, and that should really definitely help out because the high middle number helps with the roots, but it also helps with flowering and helps with fruit production. So every week until July. Yep. End okay. of July. Yep. Thank you so much. All Appreciate right. your show. Yep. Thank yep. you so much. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Keep your hands to yourself. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and let's 
Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's trusted garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we're going to go to the phone line, and we're going to go to Jill. Good morning, Jill. Oh, hi. I, I just wanted to know, I don't know whether it's overambitious, but I'd like to change a grass area into a vegetable garden. Seems like our neighbors are all doing it. Yeah. And um, it's about 10 feet by 20 feet. Okay. That's a, that's a good-sized garden, so that's going to give you quite a bit of, uh, of, of produce out of that type of area. That's a good-sized garden? Yeah. Are you going to do a raised bed, or are you going to do it right in the ground? Right on the ground, yes. Okay, do you, there's a couple ways you can do it. Either if you want to build up like a wood structure, like put two by or like two by or four by sixes on top and sort of stack them so they're three high, like 18 inches high on top of the lawn area, and then that way you don't have to remove the lawn. Or uh-huh. or if you want to dig out the grass area. Like you can either get a sod cutter or something like that and remove all the, the turf and then amend the soil. Um, I sometimes like doing the raised bed right, right on top of the existing turf or, or earth or loam or whatever you have. That's that, what my neighbor's doing, yeah. yeah. And then you can just fill that with, um, with soil or whatever um, to do it that way. Okay. Good. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Are you, is that something you're looking at doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All yeah. right. Well, you know what, Jill? I'm gonna. I'm, so you're first off the bat. I'm gonna. I'm gonna help you out because our good friends at the Big Yellow Bag at Eagle Lake Landscape Turf have instructed me once again this week to give away a Big Yellow Bag. Oh wow! So, oh. Jill, I'm gonna help you with your uh, with your flower garden or your veggie garden, whatever you're gonna grow in that raised bed, because they have the perfect loam in their uh, mixed for you. So. Yeah, you're very welcome, and I'm going to put you on hold, and uh, Brian's going to take get all your info, and we'll get that big big yellow bag right out to you from our good friends at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply. Oh, thank you. Well, I'll share it with my neighbor. Yeah, if you're doing that big area, you'll use it all up. Oh, I will. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much, Joe. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And that's uh, very nice of our good friends there. They've... Uh, they're sharing a, a bag again this week with uh, one of our listeners. And I'm going to go down to, where are we at here? I'm going to go down to Kurt. And uh, good morning, Kurt. Good morning, Merle. How can we help you out? Um, I'd like to talk to you about lawn aeration. Yes. Uh, what does it do? Uh, when should I do it? Um, how often and stuff like that? It, it For most lawns, like what it does is it just helps... Because our soil, if you have really hard soil, it, it aerates, it brings, um, and it also cuts the roots. Because grass, like same with if you, if you get quack grass in your flower beds, right? And if you try and pull it, and if you break it apart, sometimes you create more. Because every time you break the root, it, it breaks apart and grows new grass, right? Mm-hmm. So when you aerate, you're doing that to your lawn too because you're cutting, you're kind of like root pruning your whole lawn. So then that, it'll end up making it thicker, but it also aerates the soil. Like it brings air down there and it helps break up the soil so you can get more nutrients down into those holes. Because a lot of people top dress after they do that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically about it. I don't do a lot of it unless I have soil. Like if my lawn was really hard, then I, I just I just do the power raking and I'll do a top dressing of, of loam or a garden wow. mix over top of your grass. Because you'll be amazed at how fast your lawn will eat up like one or two inches of, of garden mix or loam spread out over top of your grass. Like if you fertilize first, put our green it up lawn fertilizer, like first give it a really good power raking and then put uh, the green it up lawn fertilizer and then do a bit of a top dressing if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be amazed. Like in two or three weeks, like the loam's gone, it's eaten up and your grass is super green. So it, it, like I said, if it's really hard, if you walk and it feels like you're walking on plywood, um, Water it really good first so you get good deep plugs. Because if you try to aerate dry soil, it just bounces off it. Like you uh, need yeah. to get it wet first. So you, to get the proper um, results, it needs to be moist so that way you're digging good deep plugs out of it. So, yeah. okay. does, does that help you out? Yeah, it does. Okay. Kay. Alrighty. Thanks very much. Thanks, Kurt. Bye. Bye bye. All right. I'm going to go down to Mary. Good morning, Mary. Hi, Mary. Is it is it from High River, Mary? There she is. Good morning. Good morning, Mary. How are you? I'm doing the COVID rover dance <laughs> <laughs> because you know poor old High River's been hit really hard. Yeah, but terrible, you, terrible. But you know what? It it it's a lot of it's very isolated, and yeah. it is spreading. Oh, yeah. So we got to be very careful. Yeah, obviously. I am. Yeah. And but the nice thing is when it, you get a big break like that, it, it and I'm no doctor, so but it it helps. You're going to go through a hard time quick like that, but then it's going to be over quicker too. So yeah, it, but it's bringing the best out in the people. Absolutely, you you. I am absolutely amazed at our wonderful fourteen thousand population town. Absolutely, how people have helped and and I'm doing all I can do. Yeah, and he, anyway, tell Diana, or Diana, if you're listening, I got my sweet pea seeds in the ground. Yeah, now's a great time to do yeah, that. They I like got it. them in yesterday. Anyway, I, what I wanted to ask you, those lilacs uh, that were cut down. Yeah. Now, they're three feet tall now, and, of course, they've had snow on top of them all winter. I snow farm all the time. Yeah. Anyway... I've been watering faithfully. Now, 10, 30, 15, is that good enough for yeah. fertilizer for them? Yeah, that's perfect because they like oh. the high middle number. Okay, and when? Um, soon as you start seeing it budding so out a bit. So I can do the trees too? Yeah, when, when, as soon as it starts warming up a little bit. Yeah, it's nice on the south side. Yes, if, it, if they're south and it feels a little warm, you yeah. can fertilize well, now. Well, ground, the ground was diggable really good on my south side. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Well, I get a lot of sun here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, anyway, you're doing a great job. And I Thank hope you. that everything goes good. I can hardly wait till you open up. Yes, Friday we're going to open. <laughs> we got Are lots of pansies. Are going to get a bunch in? We have, ton- we have lots already because we've been ha- doing delivery okay, and curbside. The May. I'll be there at as soon as you open the door. We got... Uh, yeah, we got lots of uh, Did you lots, get and lots, lots of pansies. Lots in? of pansies. Lots oh, and lots. You had such beautiful ones last year. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Mary, I gotta okay. go. So stay take safe. Care. Thank you. Yeah. You bye. too. Bye bye. All right, I gotta take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Partly cloudy and 10 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Alberta now has 4,233 cases of COVID-19 with 216 cases being reported on Saturday. One more person has also died from the disease, pushing the total to 73. Canmore RCMP locked down the town's hospital for 40 minutes and deployed its dog unit after receiving complaints of what appeared to be a man carrying a gun last night. Thankfully, police say there was no shooter, no injuries and no threat to public safety. Two weeks after being discharged from hospital following treatment for COVID-19, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is heading back to work tomorrow. Global News Sky Tracker weather sunny today for a high of 14 degrees, a low of plus four tonight, partly cloudy and clearing tomorrow with a high of 17. It's 10 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. I drink alone. Yeah, with nobody else. Welcome back to We Drink Alone here on. Let's talk gardening. <laughs> As you can tell, Brian is back. <clears throat> and we have a theme going today. And uh, I think you all know what it is. A little bit of physical distancing. A little bit of loneliness going on here and there. But for the most part, hopefully everybody's getting along and we're all doing it for the right reasons. And uh, and if you do go out uh, and, and if you're coming out to the garden centers. And we are creatures of... Of habit quite quickly so it's good to see I've been to a couple stores to pick up some things and and people automatically are really they just automatically just distance yourself which is which is good so um and same if you're if you're not feeling well just stay home and uh people are out there hopefully be able to help you out and uh and we're going to try and do everything we can to to keep it uh safe and uh and organized and Make sure everybody gets their gardening needs, and, uh, and we can help everybody out with all that. We're going to go to Clark right now. Good morning, Clark. Good morning. How can we help you out? Oh, thanks for taking my call. Of course. Um, so I'm sure you've br- uh, brought this up before. Um, we have uh, blue spruce and uh, lodgepole pine. Yep. And what's happening is, like, these are younger ones, uh, but they their needles are turning brown, and... Uh, I'm just not sure what's happening. Is it mainly in the middle, Clark, or is it on the outside? It's, uh, I would say it's mainly in the middle and just uh, shoots out, I thought. Yeah, if it's mainly in the middle, to be honest, Clark, that's just a natural shedding process that all evergreens go through. Like every couple, two or three years, they'll go through a shedding process and they lose the needles on the inside and then they they grow some new ones, and sort of the, that's their growth pattern. As as it slowly grows, they they shed a batch of needles, and then they will grow more on the outside. So if it's if it you'll see it'll go away. It looks really bad sometimes, especially in your pines. Probably look a little bit worse. Um, so what I would do is again just when it warms up here a bit. Um, give them some fertilizer. You want to do the 30-10-10 for your evergreens, higher middle number, or higher first number. Um, the 30-10-10 will help get them going, help get color back into them. And if it's, as long as it's not on the outside, if it's just coming out like one-third of the way out, um, it's just a natural process. They should be fine. Okay. All right. And if they're younger, just make sure you 
remove the grass and stuff around the tree well, like give them a, do a bit of a tree well around them, put bark mulch around the base. It makes a big difference. It just keeps, um, keeps them moist and you don't want them too wet, but it also just keeps you from mowing too close or weed whipping them or anything like that. Okay, great. And that they're not competing against the grass as well for any of the nutrients. Okay. All righty. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to Carol. Good morning, Carol. Oh, good morning. Um, just a quick question. I noticed online yeah. that the uh, veggie seeds and seedlings that I was wanting to buy, you were out. They were already out of stock. So we're, re- we're we are restocking them um, all the time. Like we we getting our orders in. It's just. The, it's been so overwhelming just trying to go through all the orders and then we have to get back online. It's um, it's a it's a whole new task that we're learning. I just don't want to put them on there if we don't have them. So we actually put a we put our sell out a little bit before just so we can make sure we can catch up. So just keep checking back. Um, but we are we're trying to get them all filled. I know it, it it changes daily, and and I know the the people in the office when they get in, we we go through them, we refill the inventory back up. But it's just uh, it's a uh, it's a it, it's overwhelming. Like I said, we've we've got calls all the way from Nova Scotia to send seeds out. So we're we're definitely trying our best, and uh, and we're going to have all the veggies in stock. Like we're having tomatoes, cucumber, all that stuff we'll have in stock. If there's certain ones you were looking for, and I can. Yes. What were you looking for? Oh, well, j- just things like uh, different beans and um, peas. And yeah, there should be still. A... And a lot of the carrots. And I just. Um, but, but anyway, I, I totally appreciate where you're coming from. And yeah. I guess I just wanted to know. I suppose then it just makes sense to check daily then. Online, yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I apologize, but I guess it gives us all something to do. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, absolutely. Don't, don't it, it's, and, and our team is, like I said, this, we didn't have an online store four weeks ago. And I'm so proud of our team that we got a store up and running and we've processed 2,000 orders. Like, I, it's amazing. Like, they, they are working so hard. And um, very very proud of them. Um, we, we, it, it's a, it's amazing. That's great. Last question before I yes. Ask you. On average, just on average, how long has it taken so far for say at home uh, delivery or pickup? Are we talking days and or? Yes, three to five days for the most okay. part. Earlier on, we were we were next day and two days, but as the orders have built up. Um, it definitely, we're in the, we're, we're saying online anywhere from three to seven days. Perfect. Thank you so much. And good luck with everything. Yeah. And we are, like I said, we will be opening our store with physical distancing on Friday. Um, and, and plants will, and like I said, we still have a few more weeks before we can plant outside for the most part anyway. So thank you so much. Thank you. Great questions. Thanks girl. All right. I got time for one more. I'm going to take Don. Good morning, Don. Good morning question for you yes we have uh on the shore of our property uh, at uh pigeon lake uh some pine trees now, i'm not sure what kind of pine they are but they're they've got egg size uh pine cones yep um 
the porcupines really like to chew on the bark on those trees. They, Love it. Yeah. They climb right up high, too. And uh, we've lost a lot of bark this past winter on our yeah. two line trees. And I'm just wondering, yeah. are the trees doomed or are we uh, able to do something? You could try and do the lac balsam, but if they've chewed like more than a third, that's unfortunate. The porcupines, I, I live in an area by the river, too, like, like in Cranston and Riverstone there. And people are were putting pictures on Facebook or some of these porcupines sort of up in our pine trees, but they don't realize that how badly a porcupine, what they can do to a tree, like it's like they just skin it from the inside out. And a lot of the bigger spruce trees and some of the pines, you don't see them in there, right? They kind of camouflage themselves yeah. and they just eat the tree from the inside out. And it will basically kill it. Cause it's like removing all the skin and they take it right down to the cambium layer of the, of the tree. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's nasty what they what they'll do to a tree, and not that I want to ever kill them or anything, but you just you want to poke them or get them away from your tree as much as you can, right? Like it's it's. Yeah, but they love the, the they love pine. They love pine. So kind of late in the process, we put like a snow fence around the bottom of the tree. Yeah. To yeah. Get it's, them tangled up so that they wouldn't go up, but the damage is done and. Uh, yeah, I'm just afraid I'm going to lose it. Yeah, you will for the most part, unless, like you said, if there's more than a third, sort of, you're thinking if the tree's 10 feet and it's three feet of bark missing, it's going to die for the most part. Like, it's just because right. you just removed all the skin. It just, like, for us, if you peeled all third of your skin off, we would... Um, well, yeah. It just dries uh, it out. Like, there's nothing to keep the moisture in for the tree, so it just basically desiccates it. That, yeah. I don't oh, know if, what a shame. Yeah, what I don't know shame. if they work together with the beavers. They kill the tree and the beaver comes along and takes it down after. I'm not sure how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we've got a tree that's like, uh, I'd say 25, 30 feet tall, and it's just, they just ravaged it. So yeah, no, it, I've seen it lots, and they get in there and they'll just, uh, yep, they skin it, skin it alive, as they would say. It's, exactly. Yeah, if it's that bad, I, I wouldn't waste my money in trying to, cover the whole thing with lac balsam or anything like that but you'll see it it'll slowly dwindle you might get a couple months of life out of it here but it'll, it'll die pretty quick right all right well thanks for that all right sorry about that no we have sure. lots of pine trees in stock if you need something. <laughs> Good to know. Okay. Bye. Thank you All right. Much. Thanks, Don. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I got Joanna Chudy. She is on the text line. If you are texting pictures or questions to her, she will be answering those on the text line. Right now, I'm going to go to John. Good morning, John. Hi, how are you? I sent those pictures in of the apple tree with the bark. Okay. And, uh, what, um, what is your... Uh, may you just give me the last two numbers of your phone number. I'll just scroll through. I, I'm not. I haven't been looking at the text. I just because I got. There's been so many. Um, what, what's the last two numbers of your phone number? Because I can see it now. I'll just pull it up. Two seven. Two seven. Okay, I'll find it. What is, what's going on with it? Um, it's uh, it's an apple tree in the bottom uh, foot, and there's probably eight inches where the bark has just all been removed. Okay, so the same thing. It's probably removed by the mice. 
or voles. So what has happened? Um, the only thing you can do with that is, again, we have a product called Lac Balsam. It's a bark replacement. Um, so what I would do is get a, like an X-Acto knife and just cut a, uh, clean it up, remove all the serrated edges of the bark, and just make it nice and clean and tidy like you would tidy up the wound. And uh-huh. and then I would apply the Lac Balsam. Because um, if you don't, it'll just it, that all the moisture just loses out of there because there's nothing to hold the like that's the membrane of this tree is the skin. It's just like us for our blood, right? It holds everything in. If you remove it, all the moisture just goes out of the tree and it will die. And what what is this product? Is it you paint it on? Or yes, you... you paint it on. It's a paste. It's a breathable bark replacement. Okay. And uh, you, you you spread it on. It has a, it's a great little applicator. It comes in like a tube, and you squeeze it out. And then at the end of it, there's little rubber bristles, and it makes it easy to to apply, nice and tight. Yeah. But you want to do it uh, sooner rather than later, and before all the moisture is coming up from the ground into the tree. Okay. If if you're gonna have any chance of survival. And I can get that at you. Yeah, at, down at Spruce It Up. Yes. And order it online and pick it up. I'm or not sure if it'll be online. Um, I, what I would do is send an email to online at siugc.ca. We will be opening Friday um, to the public with physical distancing in place. So, okay. Um, I know they're just trying to get caught up on orders. It's uh, so if you if you you, you could call in, I, I'd send an email to that online at siugc, and I'll see if I can get a process because I see some of those. I'll see what I can do to get it out for you. Okay, great. Alrighty. Thank you. Thanks. Bye bye. And where are we at for time? we got time for one more. We'll go to Juanita. Good morning, Juanita. Oh, good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you? Um, well, I've got a question. I've got an apple tree, and it's shooting up, I think they're called water sprouts, yep. on the top. And I had it pruned back, um, I guess, last spring. And the spring before that, it put out so many blossoms and so much fruit. It was just full. Yeah. And last year, hardly anything. Um, Because a lot of the energy is going to those water spots, so they need to be thinned out. Okay. I did a little bit of Googling, and some uh, reviews were saying to leave them, that they're actually bringing uh, nutrients into the tree. Yeah. Just when you get that much foliage, it all goes to that, right? And and it doesn't go to what you want it to do as a lot of the flowers and things like that. So you don't want to remove them all, but you definitely need to thin it out because it'll cause problems as those branches get bigger. You end up with lots of crisscrossing branches and rubbing and, and things like that because there's going to be so much growth in the middle. Yeah, because they're just going straight up. Yeah, and that's what they do. They go straight up into the tree. So that's it's it's just so much easier to get them pruned or thinned out. Um, when they're smaller than if you let them get big and that's when they may cause more grief after. So it's a lot easier to deal with it at that point. So okay. yeah, if you want to, if you can do that yourself or if you want to give Mark a call down at Prune It Up, he can get the crew out there and we'll tidy up your, uh, your apple tree for you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks for the show. My mom listens all the time and now she's recruited me as a listener. So. Awesome. <laughs> I'm hitting the generations of gardening. That's perfect. Absolutely. Thanks, Juanita. <laughs> Hey, take care. You too. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Hi. 
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and Joanne Trudy is on the other line, and she's doing the the text and all that kind of fun stuff. So we're going to go up to Diane on the phone line. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, I have some moss or fungus-type um, growth that covers the dirt, and I it was in the back alley, and I shoveled, that, shoveled it all up, the dirt, got rid of it, and now it's moved into my yard, and it's around the shrubs. So I'm wondering, how do I kill it? Is it shady and sort of darker and moister? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very low. It's just, just a ground covering. Yeah. It, it, it's it, The more you dig it up, it's just going to come back because the spores are there because you have the perfect climate for it. Okay. So what you want to do is if, if you're watering in that area, like with your irrigation, I would set those timer in that area less. And just maybe aerate the soil a bit more too. Maybe add a bit more loam and and just get it breathing a bit better. Oh, so if I aerate the soil, yeah. I should. Yep. Yeah. Just you get one of those three prong cultivators or something yeah. like that, and just ring her through there, and then that'll help dry up the spores. And then just water less in there. So you've you're, you've got a perfect area to create moss growth. Oh, okay. So okay. you got to change the environment a bit to help dry it out a bit and. Uh, or turn it into a bit of a moss garden, add some add some uh, hostas, a couple other things that like that kind of thing, kind of create a nice little moss area. So how deep do you have to dig it? Um, I would just go the full depth of the prong, like sort of that two or three inches. Okay. Just, get, just give it a good cultivation. Okay. And, and that's what I tell people, too, if they have fungus gnats in their house or they get those little fruit flies, just cultivate the top of your house plants and water less. Because that's okay. that's where those issues are coming from. It's the environment. It's just it's perfect breeding for moss or fungus nuts, things like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just had one more question. Sure. I have cedar bushes that I trim every year. Yep. How late in the season can you trim them? Um, we kind of want to do it. Um, I like to do it when they just get their new growth. Like after that, like when you see it all come out. Because... If you do it now, it, it's just it's better to do it right after all the new growth comes out because then you kind of get it to the point where you where you want it and you don't do it too much every year. So you so, should do it before the end of May. Yeah, when you start seeing it come up, so I'd probably in, I'd even go mid June. Okay. Just and then just take a third of the new growth out or whatever or half or whatever it is just to keep it tighter. And and then you should be fine. You're lucky that you have the issue that you actually have to trim your cedars. Most people have a hard time getting to live. So. Oh, yes. They're very <laughs> healthy. I have about 10 of them. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, just watch you don't go too far in, right? You're, you're just keeping them tighter or the height. Yes. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. well, thank you very much. All right, you're welcome. Have thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I think I got time for one more. Go to Darlene. Good morning, Darlene. Good morning. How can we help you? Uh, I was just wondering, is it too early to transplant peonies? I have one big plant. It's an old plant, and it has grown a lot this year, and it, it doesn't fit into my my cages. And I was just wondering if I could transplant it now before it blooms. Yes. Peonies do not like to be transplanted, though. If the ground is workable, so wherever you're moving it, make sure you have a nice spot, nice sunny spot where you're going to be moving it. Mm-hmm. Um Plant it at the exact same level that you're that it's at now. They don't like to be altered. Like so, so what I do is sort of root prune it. If you can get your shovel in, so do like a a twelve inch circle. It depends how big it is. You want to go two or three inches out from the from where the center is mm-hmm. of of the plant, and then dig down as deep as you can. Because you want to do is you want to get as much of a nice soil pile as you can, and have a tarp beside the plant so when you you go all the way around it and sort of dig a big lump 
lift it up onto the tarp, drag it over to the new hole, have the hole dug the same size as the lump, and put it in there, and then use a product like 153015 or 105210, something with a higher mill number, and that'll definitely help with the transplant shock. Okay, and another quick question. Can you uh, trim hydrangeas back now? Um, what do type do you, do do you have? What type do you have? The Annabelle. Yeah, right down to the ground right now. Oh, really? Yeah, Annabelle's, because they, they grow fresh from the ground every year. Uh-huh. So you take them right down to the ground right now. Oh, my. Yeah, okay. or just when you start seeing green come up, you can wait a bit. Um, but just make sure it is the Annabelle, like... Because if, if if it's one of the quick fires or limelight or something, you don't want to cut them right back. You'll be able to tell. If you go out there and it's real kind of flimsy, mm-hmm. then it's an Annabelle. If it's sturdy like a shrub, like that's real branches, it'll be one of the limelights or one of those other varieties, like a quick fire or something like that. So don't those, back the quick fire. No. No. And good way to tell is if it growth comes from the bottom, then you'll know it's an Annabelle. You'll see the growth coming up on the top if it's one of the other varieties. Okay, so you can no. wait either way. Can I have just one more quick question? Actually, I'm going to put you on hold then, and because i got to take a break for the news. Okay. All right. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Partly cloudy and 10 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. A man in his 70s from the Calgary zone is the 73rd victim of COVID-19 in our province. His death is connected with the High River General Hospital long-term care home. 216 new cases were reported on Saturday. The total number of cases in Alberta has now reached 4,233. Of those cases, 77 people are in hospital, with 20 of them in the ICU. Another 74 people have been cleared of the disease, pushing the number of recoveries to 1,471. A large police presence outside the hospital in Canmore early last night left local residents on edge. Global's Thomas Dias with the details. Mounties say they received a complaint just after 6 p.m. Saturday advising of what appeared to be a man with a long gun in the area between Highway 1 and the Canmore Hospital, with people still on edge from the deadly mass shooting in Nova Scotia last weekend. RCMP say they flooded the area in Canmore, engaged the police dog service, and locked down the local hospital for 40 minutes. Over that time, they were quickly able to determine that the complaint was unsubstantiated with no active shooter. Canmore RCMP are thanking the public and hospital employees for their cooperation during the investigation. Thomas Dias, Global News. The federal government is raising concerns over the spread of COVID-19 in Canada's First Nations communities. As of Saturday, there are 95 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in First Nations communities on reserve, including two at the Bears Paw First Nation. Jody Guns, Satsina Public Information Officer, says both Satsina and Siksika First Nations do not have any confirmed cases of the virus, but have developed prevention and response plans for the pandemic. We are now seeing the virus on our doorstep and possibly entering and passing through the community. Everyone has a role to play in slowing the spread and protecting themselves, their family and our community. Tugun says the First Nations are declaring states of local emergency and implementing curfews to help stop the spread. 
7-Eleven has confirmed one of its staff members has a confirmed case of COVID-19 at a store in the Southwest. 7-Eleven says any customers who may have visited the Shawcliffe Gate location between April 11th to April 25th should access the online self-assessment tool from Alberta Health Services. The location has been temporarily closed for cleaning and sanitation and is expected to reopen on May 9th. Global News has reached out to Alberta Health to confirm the case. Right now, we are aware of three 7-Eleven locations that have been impacted by COVID-19. All levels of government are talking about reopening the economy from the COVID-19 pandemic. Premier Jason Kenney says the matter was discussed during a recent call with Canada's provincial leaders and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. In speaking with Chorus Radio's Roy Green, Kenney says provinces agree they should handle this on their own. Here in Alberta, we have about 80% of our infections and hospitalized um, COVID cases in Calgary. So we would look, be looking at, at reopening in other areas of the province more quickly. We think we're in a better position to make that judgment than people in uh, distant Ottawa. Kenny says he understands the federal government's approach, but he wishes it would have been quicker to close its borders to international travel to make it for more effective at combating the virus, like how Taiwan went about it. A pilot from the Edmonton area was forced to make an emergency landing in his small float plane on a rural road. Strathacona RCMP and emergency services were called to the scene just before noon yesterday near Township Road 524 and Range Road 212 east of Sherwood Park. According to the pilot, he decided to land on the roadway after experiencing mechanical issues. Brecklin Clement, the, who lives in the area, says she and a neighbor came to the pilot's aid who was shaken up. A little roughed up, like just a little more like out of it a bit, but he seemed happy that he was okay. He was a bit sad that his plane was down, but other than that, he seemed fine, happy that he was okay and all that. No vehicles were hit with no one on the ground injured. Global News Sky Tracker weather is sunny today with wind west at 30 kilometers per hour, gusting to 50, but becoming light this afternoon with a high of 14. Partly cloudy tonight, a low of 4 degrees, clearing in the morning tomorrow, and a high of 17 degrees. It's 10 degrees at 10.05, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Back to Let's Talk Gardening, Emerald Coons. We've got lots of callers on the line. I'm going to go back to Darlene, and she had one more question. Hi there. I was just wondering, um, is there any way to stop a lilac from suckering? Uh, not really. It depends what variety. A lot of them are, have those growth patterns, like the old common lilac. They're, that's their that's their growth pattern yeah, to remultiply, it, it, right? So yeah, it's about twenty years old, and I've kept yep. it. I wanted as a tree. It doesn't. It wants to be a shrub. So. Yeah, no, certain ones are trees, and but you can you can try and leave some of the older branches and prune out a whole bunch of the other ones, but it still will continue. Um, but we do have lots of great tree varieties of lilacs, like the Japanese tree lilac, the ivory silks. Right. And then we also have some of the common or Miss Kim lilac grafted onto uh, a tree stock to give it tree form. Okay. And so, that transplanted peony, will it bloom this year or not? 50-50. Uh, 
Okay. <laughs> I'm a politician. A I'm a politician on that answer, right? <laughs> it might, well, but good. then it might be not. <laughs> well, thank you so much. All right. Good luck. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Minar. Hi, Hi there. Hi, Minar. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Awesome. <laughs> um, so I'm a new gardener. I just turned 18. I'm trying to help my parents with the garden. Awesome. Um, and we were trying to replace some badly pruned bushes, but while digging them out, I think we have clay soil. Yeah. So how do I amend that? Because I want to plant some blueberries and redundants there. Okay. You're picking two plants that are really... Um, I would recommend if you're starting to do something, you want to create some successes. Blueberries okay. aren't the best for here. I would go more to a hascup berry or some of the, um, there's lots of great cherry trees, like the sour cherries that you get real cherries that will grow here and you'll give you a lot more success. The hascup is one that I call, it's like, a, I call it the Alberta blueberry. It's out of Siberia, but you get these bigger blueberries and tasty, very great, but they, they produce fruit quite early because they're from Siberia, so they're used to a mm-hmm. really short growing season. Um, and we have lots of, like you said, lots of great cherry varieties. And uh, and then the other one you've picked is a rhododendron, which is very, we do have a few varieties that grow here, but it is very tough to mm-hmm. survive because they they're typically bloom almost as soon as they come out of the ground. I've, I've grown a few of them, and they're almost blooming under the snow. But when they come up, um, they need to be in a nice sheltered spot. Like, they're, they're ones we have so many great um, varieties of hydrangeas that I would recommend rather okay. than maybe a rhododendron. And, uh, like, the quick fire, little quick fire, little bobo. There's lots of great varieties and that will grow in this area. So we're zone 3 to 4A. So lots of uh, lots of plants that will do quite well in that area. And as far as amending your soil, like for that, I would just add like a bag of sea soil or the organic compost, things like that. And then once I finish planting, I would use bark mulch over top because it helps keep the moisture in and it helps the soil compost underneath itself. All right, and if I amend the soil that way, can I plant those hydrangeas then this year? And absolutely, like absolutely, okay. yep. No, and just find a nice sunny spot. Uh-huh. And uh, the hydrangeas, whenever you plant something the first year, I'm going to help you out here. Um, what you need to do is make sure you water the pot like three or four times before it goes into the ground. Because that way, if you put a dry plant in the ground, the ground works like a sponge. It'll suck all the moisture out of that pot that you put in the ground, the the, the clump of, uh, like, the root ball. Mm-hmm. So I've seen more trees and shrubs die when they, they plant them when they're not quite, if they're a little bit dry, and then they leave them for a bit. And... And just be diligent. Just sort of make sure you water it every two to three days. And on some of those summer days when we get it plus 30 for a week in a row, you give it a shot of water every day. And that's where the bark mulch will help too. And slow, deep watering because you got to remember if you've dug a hole six to eight inches deep or a foot deep, the, the water, you have to get all the way down to the bottom of that hole. And a lot of people water just a little bit on top. And then half of the root ball dies off. So it's really, really important to do slow, deep watering. Like those soaker hoses work really good if you're planting a few things. Mm-hmm. Swerve it around in the area where you planted your new plants. Let it soak in nice and slow, and then you're going to have great success. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. If you have any other questions, let us know, and uh, hopefully we'll see you down at the garden center. 
No, I've been just listening to your show, trying to get the courage to garden, and I think I'll try it this year, and we'll uh, see how it goes. Awesome. Well, I'm glad yeah. you're joining the, going in, joining the crew. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Take care. Have a day. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Let's go to, I see Joanna's busy. There's lots of <laughs> lots of texts on there. That's good. Let's go to Gwyneth. Good morning, Gwyneth. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you? Um, so last year I decided to put some bark mulch in my flower beds. Yeah. Um, it, it's a uh, black color. And, but <laughs> what I didn't think about is, so now spring is here yeah. and I want to dig in some sea soil to the soil. Do I have to remove the mulch first? You should. What, like, was it the black dyed mulch? Yeah, you can if you're if there's just a thin layer, you can leave it in, leave it in there, and just work it into the soil. It'll decompose. Oh, really? Yep. And then so just it, add your sea not, soil. Um, but it's it's kind of like a thicker bark, like it's not the it's not thin. It's it's quite big chunks of it. Yeah, it- just work it in. If there's some really big chunks, that I would pull them out. But for the most part, they'll decompose once they're buried into the soil. Because okay. they're not treated anything. Those, depending on which kind you have, I know the varieties that we carry, they're they're dyed with a food grade um, color dye. Yeah, these ones are too. Yeah, mm-hmm. then you're then you're good. I would just work it in the soil if it's a thin layer. Just dig down deep. Just work it in, compost it into your soil. Um, you'll probably notice, um, and then just add your sea soil in at the same time. I would work this work the bark mulch in first a couple times. And then add your sea soil and then mix it in like the last one. Sort of if you're you're ma- making bread, you sort of mix in the first few components and then add your good one for the last one. Okay. So do I have to do this every year if I decide I want to put black mulch on top of my flower bed? Well, no, you shouldn't have to. Like if, you just, if you're just going to mend your soil, if, if you're going to put black mulch, yes. Um, I would then I would just switch to a liquid fertilizer and then feed my plants that way. I would just put a thicker layer of compost and don't pull it up every year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so, so I don't have to put the sea soil in every year. No, so do it once here, and then I would just switch to if. In, are you gardening mainly like trees and shrubs and things like that? Yeah, mostly flowers, perennials. Yep. So then I would just do liquid fertilizer or you could even sprinkle sprinkle our lawn fertilizer or a granular type fertilizer in there because our oh. lawn fertilizer is great for flowering and oh, shrubs because okay. 163226, it has a high middle number yeah. and it's a slow release and it works its way through the through the bark mulch. So you can just sprinkle it over top, shake, rake it in a little bit and it works as a slow release for all your flower beds. But you can also get like our green it up um 15, 30, 15, it's a water soluble and you can just mix pails of it and then just pour it into your plants and feed them that way. Okay. Right through the um, mulch. And, and um, so it's not necessary to dig um, the soil up, like till the soil every year? No, 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 definitely not. No, if you're doing veggies, things like that, that you're working the soil, yes. But if you have bark mulch in your shrub beds, no, because it's like in the forest, right? Like it, they just get left alone, and the soil stays nice, and it, and just keep adding to it. You just have to make sure you keep feeding it. That's all. Okay. Could you tell me the name of that liquid fertilizer again? You just said it's green it up. It's a water soluble, fifteen thirty fifteen, and you want a certain numbers. Like I have one that's twenty twenty twenty, which is an all purpose, and yeah. it's great for. You can use that as well if you just want to get an all purpose. It's sort of good if you have lots of flowering perennials and and stuff. Then fifteen thirty fifteen. 
Okay. The higher middle number, or we have um, 30, 10, 10, and that's for your evergreen. So if you get two or three of those, then you're set for all your plants in the yard. And it's okay. water soluble and, then, and it's, it's, uh, it lasts a long time. So Great. Could I ask you one more question? Sure. Will Licularia grow in deep shade? Yep. It will, eh? Yeah. Oh, no sun at all. Well, It'll grow there. Pretty close. It's one of my favorite shade plants because then it. Uh, I love putting those in the back and mixing in a high uh, Annabelle hydrangea and then hostas in the front. Right. It gives you a really really nice shade bed. Okay. Where and so many times I see people try to grow dogwood or try and grow some things where they say are part shade shrubs. I, I always recommend people to stay away from the shrubs when you got shade. Go right to your perennials. The only shrub I would plant in the shade is the Annabelle hydrangea. It'll, it'll grow on the north side. Um, I've seen, and it looks gorgeous because you get those big white blooms on it. Right. And uh, so, and this, and Brunaria is another good one. How do you spell that? Brunaria, B R U N. AU or something like that. Okay. It's it, it looks like uh gypsophilia. You get that like baby's breath, but it's blue yep. on top and you get a variegated leaf, so it's another really nice one for shade. Okay. What so, about goat's beard? Would it grow okay there? Um needs a bit more sun. Okay. Yeah. Stick with like say Ligularias, hostas, Brunaria, and then if you want some really color, just pop in some um begonias or impatience. Like right. the nonstop begonias, that'll give you a really nice pop of color. Perfect. Thank you so much for your help. You're very welcome. And uh, shade gardening is some of the nicest gardening because it just it gives you those true pure colors, and I love it because it's shade and it just gives mm-hmm. it. Yeah, shade gardening is one of my favorite spots. So. Okay. Perfect. Thank uh, you so much. You're welcome. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Uh, looks like I have time for one more, and then we'll take a break. Good morning, James. Good morning, Merle. How can we help uh, you? Well, I got some hash cap from you last year. Yes. And I planted them on the south side of my house um, after I took out a hedge. And I put in uh, two-by-twos on the corners and covered it with uh, a light plastic netting, trying to keep the birds and the deer away. Yeah. Well, I'm a block from Glenmore Park, and, <laughs> and the deer are just... They're in here every, almost every day. They like the buffet you set up for them. Well, they sure do. How do I keep the little devils away? One of the best things is actually a product called Bobex. It works really, yeah. And if you spray it on before the fruit's actually there, it'll deter them from coming. It's a, it's a herb-based product. Um, It stinks and it tastes really, really bad. Um, So it it, it works really good. So you're kind of training them. So if you start early enough. It'll train them, hey, I don't want to go to his house. James yeah. plants taste like crap. I'm not going to go there no more. Like, I'm going to okay. go, go to Martha's house instead. So. <laughs> now, do you have the Bobex? Yes, we do. Stock? Yeah, we have, it in, uh, we have it in concentrate, and then we have it in ready-to-use as well. Oh, super. And when are you open? I'll be there to pick We're them up. We're opening up Friday. We're going to be opening up oh, with... Oh, uh, Friday. Yep, yeah, on May 1st. Um, I'll see you then. I used to live, you know where the uh, Viceroy's show home is just south yeah, of you? Yeah. That used to be my place. Oh, nice. Yeah, I sold it to, uh, to uh, Jay several years ago. Oh, nice. Anyway, see you, see you May 1st. Sounds good. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Shane was chatting in between the in between the commercials. There, he was just saying on this topic on the staying alone. There's a lot of uh, a lot of songs that is, and I my comment was just yeah, long songwriters just sitting alone and and writing about that. So, uh, anyways, thanks again to Brian for uh, giving us our themed music here on Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by. Spruce it up, Calgary's trusted garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And getting lots of people asking about um, lawn damage from voles or mice or what. What what has happened is a year like this, and so I'm just going to cover a lot of these questions for for everybody listening. Um, the when we have a heavy snow cover, the year is always worse. And if you've left your lawn a little bit longer, they, they kind of, we've created a perfect environment for them because the mice and the voles, they can tunnel underneath there through the snow and they, they no one can see them. The predators can't see them like the hawks and the, all the other birds and stuff that uh, will typically get at them or the coyotes or whatever. Typically not a lot of coyotes in your yard, but the hawks or whatever other kind of predators are out there. Um, so they kind of have free will to tour around underneath there and chew up your lawn and create all those little tunnels. So when your snow melts, um, one of the best things to do, and we'll give you a little three-step um, program to get it back up and running, your grass, that is, is uh, so give everything a really good raking. Remove all that dead thatch and and get all the, all the grass out. So most of your grass is still going to be fine because you have the, it just chewed the top part. It, they didn't chew down into the roots. So what I would do at this point, get remove all the thatch, give everything a really good raking. I would get the Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer, give it a really good heavier application um, for this because you want to get it down into the roots and get it to recover. And so give it a really good fertilization with the Green It Up. And then I'd put a thin layer. If you have a really bad damage, I would put a thin layer of top dressing over top. And then if you want to add a little bit of seed at that point, um, you could do that as well. And within two to three weeks, you'll be amazed at how fast your grass will come up. If you just have a few tunnels, a bit of area, you can just use the lawn fertilizer. And like I said, as long as they haven't dug into the, to the loam and dug up any of the soil, the grass is fine because they've just chewed away at the at the just the top layer so it'll it'll come up from the bottom and recover so that's why using again our lawn fertilizer it really helps with that recovery from this kind of damage and uh and get your grass growing nice and green again let's go to the phone line i hope that helped everybody and we're going to go up to florence good morning florence hi how can i help you um i wanted to know if it's too early to plant Marigold seeds and scarlet runner beans. I'm on the south side of the house against cement. Yeah, it's a little too early to put them outside, but you could definitely start those inside in in little pots. Yeah. Um, definitely. Marigolds germinate within two to three days. Um, oh. they're, they're one of the ones I love to sell or get kids if they want to grow something and create success okay. right away. Marigolds... Um, if they, there was a light frost, would they freeze if yes, they're up to yeah, the Both of those will, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, those are ones that are not very frost tolerant at all. Like they, they'll just they'll freeze right away. Good. And my other question is: Do you have raspberry plants? We will have definitely have raspberry plants. Sort of by Mother's Day, where all our nursery stock will start arriving the first week in May. It's still we watch our nights, and typically, even on a normal year without COVID, we typically bring our nursery stock in in that May eighth 
the tenth. I sort of watch the weather because you got to remember, us garden center people. If all of a sudden, and I know not everybody realized this, all those stuff comes on trucks, and we truck everything, and all of a sudden we have, uh, say, two or three hundred thousand dollars of product sitting outside, and the weather decides to go down to minus four. <laughs> it, it doesn't look very good. Most of the plants will still be fine. Um, they'll get a little bit of black burn, a little bit of frost, but a lot of people don't want to buy them. They think something's wrong with them. So we wait until a little bit less chance of frost happening. So Okay, well, I have one more question. You know right. the uh, choke cherry? Yeah. The bark is all cracked, so does that mean it's a disease? Yeah, it probably it's probably getting into it. What happens is the the black knot and a lot of the prunus family, like those old Schubert choke cherries or the the regular choke cherry, they get that in there, and then the bark gets old. And they do you see lots of black in it around it where it's splitting? so much but okay. there are black things hanging on the branches is that yeah that's black knot so you, those need to get all pruned out okay and and what that does if it's really bad it, it the tree will be done and like i said if you want to give our guys that prune it up a call they'd be more than happy to give you an assessment and a it's, quote for pruning that all over but it it's hanging in there and gets leaves yeah, every year but the thing is you're spreading that all over oh because it's a airborne fungus <laughs> yeah so um the problem is that when people don't look after their trees, um, things like that, you end up spreading that uh, black knot, and it's it, and what happens is early spring when they start, it starts blooming almost right, like it sort of the fungus comes to life, and when birds or whatever touch it, they oh. spread it to other ones and things like that. So it's uh, okay, very similar to what we're going to, but in the trees, it only affects prunus family, but. It's it's sort of a virus for trees that is an airborne spore, and I and I really wish the city had really watched how many they planted or allowed new neighborhoods because, like even down in Evergreen or certain areas, they planted a whole bunch of of these Schubert choke cherries yeah. right next to natural areas where we had the the native choke cherries, and it just it spread like wildfire. So we end up with these Schubert. We I used to sell two to three hundred Schubert. A year, I don't even sell one. I don't even bring them in anymore. The choke cherry because it's just they're so bad. Like it's just such a bad plant now. Unfortunately, in Calgary, we have the perfect conditions for that black knot. Okay. Alrighty. Thanks. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Partly cloudy and 11 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10:30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Ontario is reporting 437 new cases of COVID-19 and 24 new deaths related to the virus. The province is reporting a total of 14,432 confirmed cases of COVID-19. Alberta reporting 216 cases yesterday for a total of 4,233. Canmore RCMP say there was no danger to the public last night after they received calls about a man with a gun near the town's hospital. Police say there was no active shooter. Global News Sky Tracker weather, sunny today for a high of 14 degrees and partly cloudy tonight for a low of plus 4. It's 11 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. you 
Welcome back to Let's Talk Garden. I like that one. Let's go to Earl. Good morning, Earl. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you? Good. Hey, I want to thank you first for your program, and we're lucky to have you around. Hey, well, thank you, and I enjoy doing it. I look forward to it every Sunday. So, <laughs> Thanks again, Merle. Merle, I've got four garden plots, like they're about six by three. Yeah. And about three years ago, I worked in a bunch of sheep manure. Yeah. And I think I overdid it because it seems like I'm burning everything off. Like when yeah. the beans come up, it seems like they're burn. It's burning them was off. Was it aged manure or was it kind of fresh when you used it? Aged. Huh, yeah, and a lot of times manure is one of the trickiest amendment to use because sometimes I think we use too much of it. Just what you're saying, it, um, it, it, it there's just too much nitrogen, too much richness in it. Okay, and so you you're probably killing it with kindness. So. I would, three by six is a fairly small area to work with, so which is good. So that means we can fix it up. Okay. Um, is there room to add more loam to this, or or I would remove a third of it and then maybe bring in a good garden mix or just some regular loam or potting soil? Or Are you mainly growing veggies, Earl, or is mainly it... Mainly veggies. Three plots are veggies. One is raspberries. Okay. Yeah, I would I would remove some of that and maybe just add in some regular garden loam or three in one loam. Like you in an area like that, if you put three to four bags or if you want to get a you have enough there to get a bulk delivery, you could probably grab four or five yards of uh of the garden mix or something like that. Um would be what I would recommend. What I have been doing, Merle, is every year I've been working in some, it's called super soil. Yeah. Is that any good? I don't know that one, but uh, the name sounds good. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, um, I, I don't know. I have never seen that, the super soil, so I'm, I'm not too sure. Okay. Yeah. There's lots of them out there. Just, you got to look at, see what the, the ingredients are okay. and sort of what it's made of. A lot of the, I don't know if it's a soilless mix or um, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've never heard of that one, too. Sorry. Did you say potting soil would work? Yeah, like just like a regular potting soil. I love growing veggies like in our, our all-purpose mix, okay. like our potting soil, because it, it just it has all the nutrients in it. It's nice and light. Okay. So you could mix a bag or two of that in with your, with your compost and the soil that you have existing, okay. and then that'll probably di- dilute it enough where you're not going to have any issues. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay, I'll try that. Merle, one other question. Sure. What should I fertilize that stuff with? Like the, can I use the same fertilizer in all four plots? If you, yeah, you can for the most part. If you have enough nutrients in there, uh, you don't, you're not going to have to fertilize a lot. But what I would use is just like a good all purpose 2020 or 15, 30, 15. I, for, if you're growing lots of root veggies, I would go with a higher middle number. Okay. And if you're growing lots of stuff up top, um, I would go like a 20, 20, 20 in all purpose. Okay. Alrighty. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. All right. Take care. Yep. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Where are we at? We're going to go to Janice. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. How can we help Listen you? to your show every Sunday and just love it. Thank you. Uh, well, I uh, last year I did a little bit of research because my son and daughter-in-law wanted to have a garden, but their yard is so overgrown with trees and it's an older yard. Yep. So I got looking at their back alley, <laughs> beautiful 60-foot wooden fence, you know, with the south-facing yep. sun. And so I did take it upon myself to phone the city and say, do you have any uh, 
you know, negative thoughts about uh, putting maybe two feet of soil against the fence and growing whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And they seem to be open to that idea, so I just wanted to spread the word. Yeah, uh, I've seen that grown. I've seen raspberry bushes. The only thing you got just got to be careful. And I've seen people out with potato things out in the back. You just got to be careful. Um, you don't know what anybody else might do to it, right? Or right. add to it, or right. Um, and you might be donating. And hey, and if someone goes by and grabs a couple potatoes or a couple carrots. By all means, that's great. Who cares? Absolutely. Right. No, and that's right. how I feel. If you're doing then, it like I, that, that's yeah. that's sharing, right? That's I, a good I, thing. I think so. And I think the worst thing they thought was a lot of wooden frames or whatever. But if you just keep it to soil, they can come along and grade it if they ever do. And, uh, and if something happens, if they did grade it and dig it up, you just have to, you can't phone and complain about that. Because you... Nope. you you're no. in their spot, and no. uh, so it's, it's just a way for a lot of people to have a little bit of garden. Uh, Sometimes, yeah, if you don't have enough room, um, it, that's a good spot, I guess. But again, yeah. I, I would just check three one one is a great resource here in Calgary um, for asking those questions. And depends exactly. what type of neighborhood. If your neighbors are open to these kind of things, they maybe run right. buy a couple of them because right. some people get offended, and so you just want to keep the peace. That's right. A few carrots and potatoes probably wouldn't offend anybody. Shouldn't. But I have one more question. Do okay. you know of any network where we uh, people could be connected to uh, maybe perhaps older people who can't look after a garden plot, but they have the land? There used to be a um, yeah. online. Yeah, just... it, it, it's had since passed. I would try Grow Calgary. Like okay. YYC Grow Calgary and see right. if they might have some sort of, they sure. have a quite a good network. Yeah. Or the because, Calgary Hort Society is probably um, another great one. Yes, yes, that would be good too. Uh, I just thought, you know, all this, if there's land that isn't being used, uh, this is a good year to Absolutely. <laughs> grow some yeah, plants. No, and I know Eagle Lake um, Landscape Supply, they, they've set up some plots for some people to grow as well. Yes, yes. All right, well, thank you so much, and Th keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Uh, All right, bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I'm going to go to the phone line, and we're going to chat with Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Hey, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Good. All oh, our mother just passed away from COVID in Vancouver. Oh, I'm very, very sorry she to hear that. She was at the Lynn Valley, so she's been dealing with it for eight weeks, but it finally caught her. So, yeah, sad. It Actually, is. we were into getting sweet pea seeds, and your staff was just lovely with me because I had told her they were there and they were very lovely. Thank you. They, I know they're trying hard. Yeah. Anyways, I am, uh, so I picked up my sweet peas that day and I have now got them uh, planted and growing. I've clipped the tops. The two sides are coming up now. Perfect. Um, can I put them out now? I've had them outside all week. I bring them in at night. Yeah, they're uh, pretty but tough. they've been out all week. Yeah, in the... they should be okay. They're another one like a pansy. Yeah. Um, and if you've already been hardening them off, then yeah. they should be fine to now, be out there. I did go back in and replant because only half of the seeds usually come up. And so I've replanted a new batch, and they're coming up. They have The leaves are just starting, though, like the first one. So I should leave them 
probably another few weeks and just plant the ones Actually, that are ready. Actually, you to go. should be able to do most of them. Like they're oh, okay, pr- they're good. pretty tough it, okay. unless we get something like. Well, I could cover them too. Yeah, if you something. needed to, but for the most part, they're pretty tough. Like they can take a bit of a frost and things like that. That toughens them up. So. Well, I put a few out yesterday because I noticed a few of them are even just starting to fade off. Like I need more space. Well, that's it, and they get too. They they still they don't like when they get too warm. They kind of start fading yeah. quickly. So they need the, that coolness. Well, I put some out last night, just a few in the ground because I felt sorry for them and they look lovely today. So I thought I'd do that. Well, but now, do I fertilize them? When do I start? That? Yeah, I would start fertilizing almost right away. Like you can just use like a fifteen thirty fifteen. Yeah, I bought all the fertilizer. I yeah. bought everything when I was in. So yeah, you can just use that fifteen thirty fifteen. Would you wait a week till they settle? No, not really, because they that fifteen. The high middle number helps with the root structure, helps get them going. Okay, so, so give me that number. I'll make sure I've got it. 15, 30, 15. 30, Just the high middle number. Yeah. 15. Okay, and now I was reading on the containers, and it said you shouldn't put them in the same location, and yet I've had them in the same locations for years. Should I add something? I added sea soil or sea whatever. Yeah, and that, and that's perfect. That's I, fine. Okay. Yeah, so no, and I've okay seen people plant. Spot. Yeah, my mom used to plant sweet peas in the same spot all the time, and I'm sure Diane would say the same thing. Okay. Um, I, and my sister as well. Like we, they have sweet. Yeah, because you have certain spots that grow. That's like sweet peas. Yeah. Them, yeah. Yeah. Nice sunny spot that I can climb up the fence. So. Yeah. yeah. Now, if I make a raised bed, I could put them in the raised bed also, right? Yep. Now, do I line a raised bed? Do I line it with anything? No. And no, do if I you put just gravel use... on the bottom? Um, if it's right on the ground, you don't need to because it'll just okay, drain it'll right just into drain the ground. Right yeah. Okay, and you guys have soil. Yes, we do. Okay, Merle, thank you so very much. No, great to hear from you. Okay, Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right, and we're going to go to John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning. You're really a busy, busy guy. Yeah, I know. We're, we're pounding through the calls today, and I know, Joanne, I'm just looking at all the texts that she has. Um, lots of texts coming in for her as well, so we're, we're, we're keeping busy. I just got a reply from her, too. She can't help me, so. No? Anyway, I have uh, a lot of uh, red that uh, mulch underneath my spruce trees. Yeah. And, of course, over the years, filled with needles. Yep. So when should I replace that? Or I would what? just go over top. Um, you can just add more mulch. Because the pine needles, and that's sort of what the, the spruce trees and the pine trees, what they're trying to do, they're trying to recreate the forest floor. So by doing, they drop needles, and they're creating a, a soil conditions that they like. And those needles actually help protect them as well because they make it prickly for other pests and stuff that crawl up into it, um, mm-hmm. make it very uncomfortable, like for weevils or whatever else, to crawl up into the into the tree. So, oh, so I would just if you just want more of a mulch look, I would just add fresh mulch on top because probably it's decomposed anyways somewhat. So it's probably time to revitalize the mulch. So you can just add a couple more inches on top, and uh, and just do that every two or three years or whatever. Kind of. Uh, jiggled it around with uh, Absolutely. the the other day, and yes, it. Uh, I think it is just about decomposed. Yep. So just just add two or three inches on top of that, John, and oh. uh, you'll be good to go. Okay. And yes, is it vegetable dirt or is it the gold, black gold? That yeah, we have the, both. Uh, good 
uh, yellow bag stuff? We have we have the yellow bag stuff in bulk as well, and we sell the bags for them as well. You can order them through the store um, or direct with them. Or if you just have smaller areas that can raise beds, we, we do have a black gold, like a organic veggie soil or our spruce it up all-purpose soil, which is great for growing in boxes and things like that. And that's bulk. No, that that stuff is the the all purpose soil is in bags, but we do have like a bulk garden mix, and we have a like a veggie mix in bulk as well. Oh, all right, That's different, yeah, because I I just built two new uh, boxes. Yeah, and the the big yellow bag, um, I think it's in the I think they if you order in direct, they think that's one forty nine or something like that. And uh, for for a yard, uh, yeah, I just and our sod this year, we're actually we're not sure. I think we're going to actually lower the price. We're going to think over the four bucks. Oh, is that for the fescue? Uh, yeah, no, Kentucky? yeah, the Kentucky blue. Yep, is that the best? Yep. Well, because I need about uh, five rolls of that. There you too. go. Oh, okay. Well, I'll get my act together. All right, we'll see you soon. Appreciate it. Thanks. Stay safe. Thanks, Sean. Bye bye. In there. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye. Take care, bud. All right. We need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to get right to the phone lines. Brian's challenged me. I got five calls. I got to see if I can get through them here in eight minutes. Let's go. All right. Good morning, Ethel. Good morning. How can we help you? I was wondering if there's a hydrangea plant that you can plant in sun part shade. Yes. Um, the quick fire, um, the bobos, the limelights, um, there's lots that will grow in that um that that type of environment that's perfect for hydrangeas. Okay, thank you. Yep. And uh, is the three ten ten fertilizer is that uh, good for junipers and cedars as Absolutely. well? Absolutely, yes. It is. Yeah, it's perfect. Water them really well first, and then you can fertilize with the thirty ten ten. And that can be done now. Yeah, pretty close. Give it a good water, and if it if it's thawed out enough where the where it can get into the soil, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank Thanks, you. Ethel. Bye bye. You bye-bye. too. Bye bye. We're going to go to Ken. Good morning, Ken. Yeah, I've got a quick question. I've got some older poplars. And yep. On the end of the branches, it looks like there's like warts. I'm yep. told there's a little bug that lives in there. Is there anything I can inoculate the soil with to, to kill them or make it better? Or? Um, not really. There's some injections that you do, but for your poplars, like a lot of times they'll grow out of it. If, if it's not impeding the growth in that... Um, um, yeah, if you want to send us a picture to the printed up division too, um, Mark will be able to maybe give you a little better diagnosis. We could have a little closer look at that. That's the arborist guy. Yep. Great. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. See you, Ken. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's go to Kelly. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Merrill. Hi. How can we help you? Good. Uh, hey, Merrill, I was wanting to transplant a spruce tree I got here. It's about six feet tall. Okay. Yep. It's just not in a good spot there. Uh, yeah, right now is the great time to do that if the soil is workable. Are you just keeping it on the same piece of land, or are you moving it far away? Or? No, the same piece of land. I'm on an acreage here out by Alderside. But it's, uh, I was just wondering, like, what do you, how big of a 
You want to get as big a root ball as you can. So on a tree like that, but I've seen them dug out. Like if you can get something like two feet by two feet, and if you have uh, maybe a tractor or something too that you could uh, just dig around it and then scoop it out somehow in a nice ball. And or lift it like dig a root ball out and then lift it into the bucket and then take yeah. it over to the new spot and auger a new hole for it. Just don't plant it too deep. Like leave about an inch or two up of the root ball in the new spot and then mound up to it. Yeah. What about the old tail about making sure it still points the same direction? That's, that's I wouldn't worry about that to be honest. <laughs> I I. Uh, yeah, if we had to do that, we'd all be in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which way's north? Yeah, yeah no, it's yeah, you do that for yeah. Sure. no. Oh, trees okay. are grown in nurseries; they get spun around fifty times by the time they make it to me. They don't know which yeah, way their yeah. head's spinning. Yeah. So, alrighty, and then just yeah. use a fertilizer ten fifty two ten high middle number will help with that as well. Yeah, right on. Okay, I'll, I'll leave you to it. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, Gail. I mean Kelly. Bye bye. All right, I'm gonna go to Gail. Good morning, Gail. Hi, Merle. I've got a vole problem this year for the first time. In your lawn? Yeah. And along the front of my hedge, I always plant carrots and beets. And in my garden, I've got the same plus potatoes. Now, is that vole going to attack that as they No, grow? they're, they're going to go away because once you start mowing your grass, they just came in there, and I mentioned it earlier, because we had the heavy snow covering. Yeah, yeah. So they, they sort of had free will, right? They got to go, sort of like the deer and the elk and everything now in Banff, right? Uh-huh. All the people are gone, so now the deer and everybody can come back in. And uh, so that's like the vole. So what they've done is, with the snow cover, they just had free will on your lawn. Uh-huh. So now that's melted, you start mowing, they're going to go away. Okay, great. Thank you. All right? You. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, we're going to go to Pam. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, so I need some help with some dirt. Okay. Um, we've got two greenhouses, but I don't plant the plants into the ground. I'm using, like, the bins. Yep. And we just got a brand-new greenhouse, and, the, you know, we've got all these bins to fill. My husband's an old farm boy, and he says you can just put any dirt you want in there. But I'm trying to order on that Eagle Lake yep. website. Yep, yep. There's three different kinds of dirt. The, one's Alberta Gold Veggie Blend, one's Nature's Blend. I would use the Veggie Blend if you're going to be growing in, in boxes. It's light. Like I said, I would you recommend that one, or I would just go to like a soilless mix, like I spruce it up all purpose. But that, if you need a large amount, the big yellow bag, the veggie yeah, but blend. I want to get the big yellow bag. Yep. Then they use can that. deliver. Yeah, use that, and uh, you'll be great. And do you have to add anything at all? No, that stuff's ready to go. That's ready to go. You'll need to fertilize once you get going through the season. But that bag, um, it already has all the good components in it right off the beginning. Okay, and can you tell me the name of the fertilizer to buy? Because the other greenhouse... I've used that dirt for three years now. Should I throw that dirt out and put No, you just new need dirt? to amend it. So what you can use is a little bit of the black gold that you're going to be buying, the veggie mix, and then just mix it into the top. Okay. All righty. That's it. Thank and you And then so fertilize much. 15, 30, 15 is a great one, or 20, oh. 20, 20 for your all-purpose fertilizer for most of your veggies. Okay, so down. So 20, 20, 20. 20. Yep. Or 15 what? 30, 15. 15. Perfect. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for the help. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right. I don't know if I have time for this one. I don't. Um, Rose, I will get to you right after the break or when we're done. I actually end of the show here. Again, thanks 
to everybody for listening and uh, stay safe. And uh, hopefully we all get through this. And we'll talk to you all next week here on Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.